Thanks for listening to Parkview on the Go. No matter where you're from, what your story is, or where you are on your spiritual journey, you belong here and we want to help you take a step toward God. If at any point along the way you feel like you want to have a conversation about faith, life, and where God might be leading you next, you can let us know at parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. That's parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. We hope this content encourages you to continue becoming the person God created you to be. Enjoy the service. Good to see you. How are we doing? Good? Good to see everybody around here at Orland for sure today. Uh, everybody out at New Linux, hello to you in New Linux and everybody at Homer Glen as well. Uh, everybody online, welcome to you. I know there are even some people out like in the courtyard, in lawn chairs. Uh, hey, however, uh, we're around this weekend. I'm glad that you're here. And uh, what we're doing this summer, if you haven't been around some or you're kind of just coming back in, we've been studying the life and the teaching of Jesus this summer. We've just been opening up the Bible to different places that Jesus taught, uh, and we've just been looking at how he lived, and we've been trying to uh, reflect that in our lives as well. The series is called You Can Quote Me on That. And that's what we are going to continue into today. Uh, but before we do, I want to take just a moment uh, around all of our teams, around all of our campuses, and celebrate Summer Jam for just a moment. It just happened this last week. Check this out. We had 1,119 kids, 855 volunteers, and these kids raised almost 50 $15,000 for different missions organizations across all of our campuses. Yeah, that's fantastic. That, that's huge. The thing that sticks out to me is that it's almost a one-to-one -one ratio, right, to take care of these kiddos. It's like, let's make sure they're good, okay? Keep tabs on them. So huge thanks to all those kids. Huge thanks to all of those uh, adults who were serving as well. Just a great, great week uh, of summer, summer Jam. And uh, today as we dive into our teaching, it's going to be in Matthew chapter 6. If you have a Bible, if you have a smartphone, if you have a tablet. And today we're going to talk about secrets. About secrets. A little bit about secrets. In Matthew chapter 6, that's where Jesus goes in some of his teaching. And sometimes the easiest thing and the hardest thing to do is to keep a secret, right? I mean, it's easy to keep a secret if you've done something bad. It's hard to keep a secret if you've done something good because you want everybody to know about it, right? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about this whole idea of secret giving and secret fasting and secret prayer. And not that you can't do those things publicly around other people, but he talks about when we do them secretly, when we do them privately, it, it really shows the motivation of our heart and, and why we are doing these things. And none of these things are easy to do, especially when you're just keeping it a secret, you know. It's just a good, noble thing and just kind of keeping it quiet. For instance, um, a few weeks ago, I'm at my favorite coffee shop 
And I, I go to the same place and I get the same thing. I'm one of those same, same people. I don't know if you are, but I go to the same place and get the same thing. It's just what I do. And so I'm at my same coffee shop getting my same coffee. And it, it's like a medium coffee. And so I, I give, it's like $2.20, something like that. And uh, so get my coffee. And I said, I'm going to give them a tip. I know this person. I see them regularly. So I pull a dollar out, not the rest of the change, an actual dollar. And I get ready to put the dollar in the tip jar, which is like a 40 or 50% tip, right? And and has this ever happened to you? I'm putting the dollar in the tip jar, and just as I let go of it, the person who's at the cash register, who's also the barista, turns the other way. And I'm like, no, no, no. I I, I want you to, it's not really even, not even I want, I need you to see this. I need you to see what's going on here. And so I did, you know, what any other normal, sane human being would do. I reached back into the tip jar, and no, I didn't do that. Come on, seriously. If you ever have done that, don't do that, right? That puts you in a very difficult situation if they do turn back around. But here's the thing. I I needed credit for my kindness, Right? I needed my generosity to be recognized and, and rewarded. I just felt like I did. And, and it, it, sometimes it's hard to do good things privately. Jesus talks about this in the Bible in Matthew chapter 6. Now take a look. He says, Therefore, when you do your charitable de- deeds, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be honored by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do your charitable deeds, Deeds, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Not that it's wrong to give publicly or to be generous, but there are times when we just need to give and to bless people and to be generous and just keep it quiet, and nothing challenges and tests the heart sometimes like that. Jesus goes on in Matthew chapter 6 showing us how to live and he talks about fasting and he basically says hey when you're fasting you you don't need to let everybody know you're doing it and I know some of you right now are going well that will be easy because I never do it right I just I don't fast so this is not gonna I've got this one down here's what Jesus says about fasting he says and when you fast don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they love to try and look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, and wash your face, and then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Now, I don't know if you fast much or have that kind of discipline in your life or you've ever tried that to try and come close to God or spend some time fasting from food or some kind of media. There's all different kinds of things you can fast from. But Jesus says, you know, if we keep this quiet just between us and God, it again can show some of the motives of the heart. And and I want you to know, I I try this one here and there and I just, I'm not very good at it. In fact, my wife would tell you I fail miserably, especially recently. I, I don't know exactly when it happened. It's probably been four or five months ago, I'm guessing now, on Instagram or on Facebook. I clicked on something about fasting, and now, like, my whole world 
is filled with ads about this thing called intermittent fasting. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's like intermittent, you can just fast for part of the day. And so it's been so all over my world that I started trying it a couple months ago. And so I'm on like this 18-6 fasting routine or this 19-5, if you know what I'm talking about, where I have this certain window for when I eat. And I'm actually really enjoying it. And, and, and the issue is, though, that I, I, I tell everybody about it. My wife, I, we're around, and it's like three minutes into meeting someone, and I'm talking to them about intermittent fasting, and my wife is like, you don't have to talk to everybody about it. I'm an evangelist for intermittent fasting. I just am. That, that, but that's, that's my personality. And, and, and Jesus says, listen, sometimes you can just do things, and you, you can do them privately just between you and God. And he goes on to talk about prayer, Jesus does in this same section of Scripture in Matthew chapter 6. And as Jesus talks about prayer, this is one of my very favorite teachings of Jesus. In fact, I would call this a life teaching for me. This is one of those things that continues to come up in my life and something that I love to continue to revisit as I'm preaching and, and teaching as well. The reason I, I, I love this is, is because I think for a lot of my life, I had issues in my prayer. In fact, some of this message, clear back at the very beginning of the pandemic, I set up a little camera. We are like two weeks into the pandemic a year and a half ago, and I set up a little camera in my living room, and I shared some of this prayer message with you. Uh, and, and I figured today that, hey, not all of us, two weeks into the pandemic, we're online. So I want us to revisit it again and double-click, if you will, into what Jesus says about prayer and how it works and how we communicate with God. And, and the reason I love this message and it's so personal to me is because for so much of my life following Jesus, so much of my Christian life, at least the first 20 years, I had a fundamental problem in my prayer life. And maybe some of you will be able to resonate with this as well. Here's my problem. Most of my prayers were monologues and not dialogues. I would talk to God all the time, but I would never spend time really listening to God. I would just share all of my thoughts and share all of my requests with God, and then I would expect to receive exactly what I requested from God just a few hours or a few days later. And because of that, I was continually frustrated by prayer because I was just speaking to God, giving God orders, if you will, trying to get God on my same page instead of actually having this dialogue and conversation with God. And so I'm excited for us to, to double-click and jump into this teaching from Jesus today because I think it gives a really good representation of how prayer really works in all of our lives. So if, if you're taking notes on this, this may be a good thing for you or your kids or your grandkids, a deep dive into prayer. Here's the first thing. You know this. It's that we talk. We end up talking to God. Again, Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to read this from my Bible here. It's also going to be up on the screen, starting in verse 5. Jesus says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stay pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. And I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door, and your Father, who sees what is unseen, and then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, 
For they think they will be heard because of their many words. There's several things there that Jesus says about how you and I can talk to God, which is an amazing thing. The first thing Jesus says is this, that we should pray regularly. In verse 5, verse 6, and verse 7, Jesus says, and when you pray. Not if you pray, not if you get in such a jam that you have to pray, but when you pray. Jesus assumes that everybody who's following after him is going to have a regular time of prayer woven into the daily fabric of their lives. And here's the thing, if, if you like to get up early in the morning, if you're a morning person, then pray in the morning. Some of you I know shouldn't be talking to anyone in the morning, right? And so pray at lunch or, or pray in the evening time. The time of day isn't the main thing. The main thing is that we find some regular time every day to talk to God, to speak to God, that we should pray regularly. Jesus also says that we should pray humbly. In verse 5, he says, don't be like the pagans or the hypocrites. They like to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. Kind of the same thing with the fasting, right? Kind of the same thing with the giving. Now, have you ever been around uh, a, a group of people? Um, I want to be real careful here. But have you ever been around a group of people or individuals who whenever they start to pray, it's like, they become someone else completely. It's like whenever they start to pray, they go into this huge, like, flowery language. Oh, oh, thou only knowest thee, God, Father. And, and you're like, well, what, what? I don't understand what you're, what, what you're saying. And sometimes when we pray, we want to pray these huge, ultra, powerful, dramatic, impressive kinds of prayers. And what Jesus, I think, is saying to all of us and to me included is that sometimes there is this tendency inside of us to want to impress people by the way we pray. And it sounds silly, but it's true. Sometimes we want to pray the perfect prayer so that we can get praise from people. And people look at you and go, wow, that, whoa. She can pray. That was unbelievable. Right? Which I'm not downplaying. I mean, it's, it's good to have a good, but if that's the reason, if that's the heart of why you're doing it. So, so what Jesus is saying to us, it says, listen, you can use prayer as a way to impress people. You can use giving as a way to impress people. You can use fasting as a way to impress people and get attention and get applause. But if you're using those things just for that purpose, then you better enjoy that applause. You better enjoy that reward because that's the only reward you're going to get. You've received your reward in full. And I think that's why Jesus goes on to say that we should also pray privately. We should spend some time in private prayer. He says, go to your room, you know, and lock the door and pray to your God in private. And Jesus isn't saying it's wrong to pray in public. He prayed in public many times. He's just stressing how crucial it is to find that private place where you can limit the distractions a place where your prayer is more just desperate than it is detailed. It's, it's just more real to God than it is rehearsed for someone else. And notice in Matthew chapter 6 as well that when we pray towards people, a reward comes from people. When we pray towards God, a reward comes from God. 
It's all about our focus. It's all about our heart and our intention in this. I can promise you this, friends, that when you and I begin to pray regularly and we begin to pray humbly and and privately, I can can promise you what's going to happen next behind the scenes in your prayer life. Here's what's going to happen. If you're taking notes, God listens. God listens. And I know some of you have been around church, you know, for a while. You're thinking, yeah, I know God listens. That's kind of like his job. He has to listen to No, 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 listen. This is unbelievable. That the God of the universe would be ready and willing and open to listen to you and to me. In fact, here's one of my big life learnings. This is a life lesson and learning for me. It is the miracle of our prayer is not that we talk, but that God listens. There's nothing miraculous about you and I talking, but the fact that God would listen, that is a miraculous thing. And in fact, it's the listening of God that turns our normal human words into intelligible prayers to God. One of my favorite ways to illustrate this And some of you who have kids or who have had little kids at some point in life will understand, I think. Tell the story about my son, Cole. Uh, He's getting ready to turn 21 this next month, so he's pretty big now. But when he was little, maybe five, six, seven years old, sometimes he would wake up in the middle of the night and he would be feeling sick. He would have a fever and his, you know, jammies that he had on would be all sweaty and wringing wet and he his head would feel so heavy and he would try and lift his head up off the pillow you ever seen little kids do this and he can't do it his head feels like you know it just weighs so much and so what does he do he just begins to moan poor little guy just lays there in bed and just starts moaning he doesn't even know what he's moaning he has no idea he doesn't know what he's saying but guess what it doesn't matter Because as soon as my little guy begins to moan, guess what? His mom hears him. I almost never hear him, by the way. Okay, so it's just, it's like 2 a.m. I didn't hear him. Um, His mom always hears him. And and she jumps up and she turns on the hall light and she goes into Cole's room and she figures out what's going on and she goes downstairs and gets a humidifier and some towels and some medicine and that sort of thing and comes back into Cole's room and takes care of him. And I can't even describe to you how many times that type of communication has been accomplished in our home. Not because Cole knew what he needed. All he knew is that he was sick. Not because Cole chose and crafted and and put together just the right words. All he did was moan. But listen, listen, Parkview. Communication was accomplished Because his mama was listening. And even more than listening, she was able to interpret the moan. You see, it's my wife, Renee, that shaped the cry into communication. And here's the thing. It's the same, same, same way with you and me and God. It just is. Take a look at this verse in the Bible in Romans. We don't know what we ought to pray for. 
But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. The bottom line is when you and I begin to pray and, and we go to God, the light goes on, on the hall, in the hallway of heaven. And it doesn't matter if your prayers are loud or quiet or clear or muffled or articulate or what. God is always listening. And, and the miracle of prayer is not that we talk. But indeed, the miracle of prayer is that God listens. And if God is going to spend this time listening to you and to me, you would have to suspect, just like any other normal conversation, God is also going to have something to say. He's going to want to speak to you and me. And this is the next part of our prayers behind the scenes where God talks. We serve this talkative God. But I'll just shoot straight with you. And maybe I share this just so maybe you could see yourself in this as well. For so many years, I was frustrated by prayer. For, for, for more than a decade, I was frustrated by prayer because I didn't understand how God talks. I just thought maybe God was ignoring me. Or what I thought oftentimes is he can't hear me. For something, I'm doing something wrong, God... God can't hear me. And maybe you've been there. You know you should pray. You know it can be a powerful thing. But honestly, you just kind of feel like, I, I pray, but then I have no, I really have I think God can't hear me because I don't think he's answering my prayers. And here's what I want to say to you. God indeed answers all our prayers. Now, he may not answer them the way you want him to, but he always answers and responds to our prayers. I want to share with you just a few ways that I have learned that God responds to our prayers. And these have been so good for me. I reflect on these every single week. They have truly re-landscaped my prayer life as I understand how God speaks back to me. And so maybe these would be good for you or a friend that you have or a grandkid or one of your kids. Here's how God can speak to us. Here's the first one. If the request is wrong, God says no. Everybody say no. No. Sometimes no is the answer. I mean, we can pray some pretty self-centered, short-sighted prayers, right? Right? In the Bible, in James chapter 4, verse 3, it says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Again, it all goes back to our motives. And, and why is it that we're calling out to God? Why is it that we're making this request? I'm so glad that I have a God, that I have a Heavenly Father that loves me enough to say no. Can you imagine where you would be in life if God had said yes to every prayer? For, for me, that would not be good. I mean, I would be off the rails, man. I'm telling you that. I'm glad that God loves me enough sometimes to say no. And that's not always the, the answer that I want. So sometimes I say, well, he obviously can't hear me. And God says, no, I can hear you. It's a no. It's just a no. It, it, it's just that, is that, that prayer is not going to be good for you or others. It's a no. Uh, secondly, if the timing is wrong, God says, slow. Everybody say slow. 
Now, how many of you know this is way, way, way worse than no, right? We just pray, God, please just don't say slow. Just tell me no. I can take a no, but don't tell me slow. But God doesn't say no. He says slow, right? Sometimes the answer is just slow. This last week, just a few days ago, my wife and I were in Phoenix, and we were leading a marriage retreat for about 50 couples. And one of the things I had forgotten about Phoenix is how slow the traffic moves in Phoenix, okay? And I think that is probably because there are more Cadillacs per capita than maybe anywhere in the nation, okay? And I think that's probably because there are more retirees in Phoenix. And a lot of times people who are retired in those retirement years, they move a little bit slower. And sometimes that's because they're getting older uh, and that makes sense, but not always, There are many retirees who have just realized that there are a lot of really good things in life that you can't do fast. So they just slow down and they they just soak things up a little bit more. And I think prayer is the same way. And God would say, listen, sometimes your prayer, that request that you're bringing is going to take a little bit more time than what you would like. But sometimes I get frustrated, and maybe you do as well, when our prayers don't get answered in just a few hours or a few days. And, and I say things, maybe you say things like, well, I, I, guess, I guess God can't hear me. Now, I don't say that out loud, but that's what I'm thinking. Well, I, I, I guess he can't hear me. He's got other things going on. I, I, I guess he can't hear me. And what God is saying to me, and he's probably oftentimes saying to you, is, no, I can hear you. We're all good. I, I can hear you. The thing is, the answer is slow on that thing you were praying, on that thing you're asking. And and here's the thing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with your prayer except the timing. It's a good prayer for you, for your kids, for your marriage. That new job you want, that you're trying to get, that you're applying for, that's a good prayer. That's getting ready to happen. But it's the timing is not right. And so I have to say slow. And would you be willing to just wait a little bit longer on me to help that timing be right for you and others in your life. Sometimes if the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. Everybody say grow. Sometimes we just need to grow. I guarantee you it's this one that oftentimes short circuits my communication with God. I have things I need to admit and confess. Did you know that unconfessed unadmitted, unresolved sin in our lives that we just keep harboring inside of us, it can short-circuit and mess up our communication with God? It's true. Now take a look at this scripture in the Bible. Listen, the Lord is not too weak to save you, and he's not becoming deaf. He can hear you when you call, but there's a problem. Your sins have cut you off from God. Because of your sin, he has turned away and will not listen any more. Sometimes the best way for me and for you to restore that open line of communication with God is just to get with God in humble, sincere, heartfelt confession. Just come to God in your car or at some quiet place in your house and just this weekend or early this next week and just say, God, 
I, I, I just, I need you to know that you already know all these things I'm getting ready to share with you, but I know that you know, and so I just want you to know. And just lay those things out. Just get those things out before God. And I'm telling you, when you and I do that, Sometimes the closeness or the proximity that we have to God, it can just seem like in in almost an instant it's returned. When I get my heart clean, when I get my motives right and admit to God what God already knows, it feels like he's just, he's so close to me again. But sometimes it's me that just needs to grow through some of those things and admit some of those things. But then finally... Check this out. If the request is right and the timing is right and you are right, God says, go. Everybody say, go. God says, go. God is fired up to answer our prayers. No doubt about it. But what happens a lot of times is you and I, we don't stick around to hear what God has to say. This is the part where we listen I mean, it's like when we're praying, when we're talking to God, we're pretty sure that he is listening. But then as God begins to talk, we walk off. And the communication with God never becomes a conversation with God because we just get too busy. And and here's what I would suggest to you today. And this is something that's taken me a while to learn in my life. And that is that true, powerful prayer is all about learning the discipline to slow yourself down and just spend time listening to God. Listening to him. Look at this verse in the Bible in Isaiah. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, for the life of your soul is at stake. That is a powerful scripture, isn't it? Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen for the life of your soul is at stake. Listening is critical to the health, the well-being of your soul. And I know some right now are saying, okay, Todd, I've, I've tried this. I've tried to listen, I've done the whole prayer thing, and I've been doing it for months or years or even decades. But when it comes to listening to God, it's hard for me to get in that mode and hard for me to understand how it is to really do that. And so let me, as we pull this whole study together today, let me just share with you as practically as I possibly can how I try and get myself to a place where I can listen And hear God speak into my heart. Here's a few things that I do. First of all, find a thin space. I've talked about a thin space before. A thin space is the place where the distance between you and God shrinks. Now, it doesn't always, it doesn't really shrink. It's not like God is closer than he is any other time, but he feels closer. You know what I'm talking about? You have those places that you've ever been in your life where it's like, man, God just feels close right now. That's a thin space. It's the place where the distance between you and God shrinks. And maybe for you, that's in your back porch at your house. Or maybe it's a park near your house. Or maybe it's in your car 
Maybe it's while you're at the pool. Maybe it's while you're riding your motorcycle. I, I don't know when it is. But where is it in your life that God feels close? Find that thin space. Next, retreat there regularly. This needs to be someplace that you can get to every few days. It can't be like Florida or the Bahamas or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to meet God. It's going to be six months from now. It's going to be amazing. It's in Destin. That's my thin space, okay? It needs to be somewhere close that you can retreat to regularly, somewhere that you can get with God. And then finally, pick the right posture. How you and I come to God, how we get ready to listen to him is a big part of this. Sometimes I come to God just, you know, like tapping my watch going, you know, I've got, okay, God, it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to listen, but I've, I've got four minutes, okay? You're going if, if you to, if you could do it in two, that'd be even better because I got things to do. If I'm tapping on my watch or if I've got my arms crossed going, okay, you know, see, I, I don't, I'm not really expecting much, but if, if, you've, got, if you've got it, if I'm going to hear it, and I've got my arms crossed, these are not good postures. Oftentimes, just to be outright, when I'm in my thin space, I just, I want a posture of like surrender. Sometimes I put my hands like this, or sometimes I put my hands up. It's just that surrender position. Sometimes I get down on my knees. It's like this vulnerable position saying, God, I have all of these thoughts, and I have all these plans, and I have all these dreams, but here's the thing, God. I, I really want your thoughts, and your dreams, and your plans, so God, I'm just, help me to hear you. Speak to my heart in this time. And getting that right posture is important in preparing to listen to God. So here's what I would say. The next time, later on today or this weekend, that you're getting ready to pray and you talk to God and you're done talking, instead of just being done and walking off, stay put right where you are. Spend some time listening to God and really begin to experience that power of communication in prayer. Let him speak to your heart. Amen? In fact, let's do that for just a bit right now. Let's wrap this up. Uh, I, I want us to spend just a couple moments just in quiet right now. This, this like 20, 30 seconds. This may be the most quiet you get all week long. So let's just spend a couple moments in quiet and then I'll lead us in a prayer and then the band is going to lead us in a really awesome song. So just a couple brief time, just let's be quiet. God, we thank you for this weekend and we thank you for the opportunity to gather up and to sing and worship and point our hearts towards you. God, I thank you for Jesus and his life and these teachings in Matthew chapter 6 and how in our prayers and our giving, our fasting, all these different things we do, how our heart and our motives, our intentions are so important. 
God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to pray and to speak to you. And God, I, I'm so thankful that we're not just throwing up a few wishes on our knees that are hitting the ceiling. But God, you indeed listen. You're concerned, you care, you love us. And you're responsive to our prayers. God, I pray that we would be the type of people who take the time to be quiet and silent and hear your wisdom and direction for our lives. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this time of study. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says, Amen. Thanks again for listening. Like I mentioned before, we would love to hear from you. And if you want to talk with our team about taking your next step toward God, visit parkviewchurch.com slash next steps to let us know. Now may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. See you next time.